Hello, I'm Daniel. This is my podcast, Sharpening the Mind. I am a meditation teacher and also a labor activist in Kansas City, Missouri. I teach classes in meditation and Buddhism at the Rime Buddhist Center, as well as a few other places. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Hello, I'm Daniel. Today, this talk is called The Most Noble Way of Living in This World. The Most Noble Way of Living in This World. So what I'm talking about today is the path of metta or the path of loving kindness. And I want to say the path of metta is a radical path, a radical path. Boundless kindness is outside of our normal way of thinking and doing things. We may even feel compelled to say things like or think things like, if I'm too nice to people, they'll take advantage of me. Sensitivity is seen as a weakness and we actually have terms in our language that exist entirely to convey the message that we are caring too much about other people. Many years ago, the term bleeding heart was the one that got thrown around. That was the term people used when I was a kid, probably even before my life. But these days, terms like snowflake and woke are used to denigrate someone for caring too much about other people, to denigrate someone for having an open heart. I don't like that. So when we decide to shift our attitude in order to learn how to come from a place of kindness to shift our perspective as well. It's really an act of rebellion. A peaceful and loving rebellion, but a rebellion nonetheless. It's a rebellion against our aversion and our delusion. This is how we step into our power. We don't have to let ourselves be pulled around by aversion, greed, and ignorance all the time. We can choose to focus on other things. We have that power. And what I'm talking about here is having a boundless heart. What does that mean? It means no one, no one gets left out. So in her book, Boundless Heart, Christina Feldman writes, We have choices about what we feed in any moment. If we feed the voices of judgment and blame with attention, thought, and reactivity, they will grow and strengthen. If we feed the intention of meta through returning our attention to the phrases of and commitment to caring, the, that intention will also grow and strengthen. It's, it's what you feed. What you feed is what gets stronger, okay? So what we're talking about here is there's connotations of befriending in the word meta. So I like to say what we're talking about is making friends with our minds. That's what we're trying to do part of what we're trying to do. Our mind is often not a very good friend to us. We carry around baggage that doesn't serve us. We give in to temptations when we really, really should know better. We make bad choices. We spend endless time ruminating on things that don't need our attention. You're carried around by waves of greed and hatred, and that prevents us from finding some measure of joy and contentment in life. And it also gets in the way of accomplishing our goals. There is very little in life that gets in our way more than our own minds. We struggle and we often recreate and relive our struggles again and again by ruminating. 
Also, with our perceptions, we shape the world. We expect a bad day, and then we have a bad day. It happens all the time. And we spend an inordinate inordinate amount of time feeling shame, thinking we are not good enough for the world, thinking others are better than us, and some people have life all figured out. No one has life all figured out. You are good enough. And by realizing we are good enough, we can soften our hearts toward ourselves. Uh, Christina Feldman in that book goes on to say, We are cultivating a mind-slash-heart that is a true friend, a refuge capable of deep creativity and understanding where we can abide. We want our minds to be our friends. We want that. And next I'll talk about making friends with others. How do we soften our hearts toward others? A big method for that is generosity. And that does not mean giving material things. Not necessarily, anyway. Giving anything is an act of generosity. So sure, you can give someone food to eat. But you can also give them attention. You can also give them your time. You can give a shoulder to cry on. All these things are forms of generosity. Giving someone cash should not be seen as superior to giving someone your attention through active listening. These are forms of giving, and one is not better than the other. One is not better than the other. And so you should not feel like you can't be generous if you don't have the means to give financial support or material support even. I'm reminded of that Bible story. I try not to talk about this kind of thing much, but I'm reminded of that Bible story where um, there's a rich guy trying to get Jesus's attention by giving a big donation, but then Jesus sees an old woman who gives him three coins and that's it. And Jesus sings praises of the old woman because she's giving all that she has, right? I'm reminded of that. Giving is good regardless of the amount or the type. So Feldman says, Generosity is the foundation upon which the entire path of awakening rests. It gladdens and enriches our hearts and lives and the lives of all. It is the antidote to the fearful, defended heart that lives in fear of loss and deprivation. So, generosity, foundation of the entire path. We don't think of it that way, though, right? We usually, when we're doing these kinds of practices, we think of... uh, Mindfulness as the foundation of the path or meditation as the foundation of the path. She's saying it's generosity. Uh, A lot of these old meditation manuals and things I've found, they spend time, they spend a lot of time on how to live an ethical life before they start talking about meditation. Before they do. And that I think is because if you're just really greedy or really obsessed with your own benefits, you have a lot of things distracting you from your mindfulness and meditation. You have a lot of things distracting you. I think that plays a role. We can learn to stop thinking, what about me all the time? And instead start thinking, how can I help? And the truth is, we need other people. We love thinking we're independence, independent. We Sometimes we think we don't need other people. 
I don't care what people think, and I can handle this on my own, or really popular sentiments. Community is part of Buddhism and part of every other spiritual path that I know of for a reason. We are social beings. We don't walk this path alone and we wouldn't want to. Connecting with others brings us more benefit than we realize. We sometimes put people into little categories. The traditional way of thinking about other people in Buddhism is, at least in in meta practice, is one kind of person is the friend, one kind of person is the neutral person, and then a third kind of person is the difficult person. Friend, neutral, difficult. Now, in real life, categories are, are rarely so simple. Rarely so simple. But it is true that it's a lot easier for us to think of softening our hearts toward friends than it is toward difficult or even neutral people. And this path calls us to leave no one out. What's a neutral person? A neutral person is someone who doesn't mean much to you. A coworker you never talked to. A friend's relative that you met once. The mailman. Whatever. Something like that. Someone like that. We are indifferent toward a whole lot of the people we meet in our lives. Opening our hearts challenges us to not be indifferent anymore. Everyone has many of the same struggles we have. Everyone has goals that feel unattainable. Everyone is growing old and watching people they love pass away. We are all in this together. I like to say sometimes that we're acting like we're living in a house that's on fire And we're arguing about the furniture instead of helping each other get out. That's what life feels like sometimes. Because we are all. We are all struggling in life. And we are all facing impermanence and suffering and death. We're all facing these things. About the neutral person, Feldman says, Indifference can be transformed into care through our intention to attend wholeheartedly to the person who stands in front of us. We cultivate a way of being in the world where no one needs to earn or be deserving of our care, and no one is deprived or exiled from the boundless kindness possible for each of us. So, what about the difficult person, though? I am not suggesting that anyone must immediately forgive and forget abuse that was done to them or anything like that. When I lead meta practice, I always tell people they may not want to bring to mind the most difficult person they've ever encountered. It can be dangerous to try to soften your heart too quickly towards someone that has really seriously harmed you. But the difficult person we're talking about is not limited to the person that stole your car or killed your loved one. The difficult person can also be represented by that person who annoys you for no reason or that person that cuts you off in traffic. Or that person who's being just a little bit too pushy, not a lot too pushy, a little bit too pushy about trying to get your attention. We have to again and again remind ourselves that other people are people too. That even difficulty, difficult people have the same struggles and wishes that we do. That's hard to remember. We forget that other people are people all the time. We really do. We may not think in the front of our minds that person's not a person, but we still, we forget. That's why we try to cultivate a boundless heart. It's a better way to live and we will be happier that way.
So Christina Feldman describes having a boundless heart in this way. All beings are worthy of metta. All beings benefit from metta. It describes the most liberated and caring way of being in the world that cries out for generosity, kindness, and mindfulness, which metta brings. We learn to open our minds and hearts to see and respond with care to everyone and everything that come into our world without exclusion. And the Buddha said, this is the most noble way of living in this world here and now. I think that's true. I think that's true. So that's it for today. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. Thank you for listening and have a good day.